0: Say I've got to be free, free to face the life that's ahead of me. I'm, I'm a Good morning, it's April 15th. Welcome to Doing Life, daily devotions for finding peace in stressful times. This is the audible companion to the book of the same name. I'm glad you're here. Today's topic is titled Safe in the Harbor. But do you not know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? James two twenty. Perhaps you're tired of hearing by now that my family's a sailing family. Well, c'est la vie. It's going to keep happening from time to time in these devotions. My father owned four sailboats over his lifetime, but he sailed six, if you count my grandfather's boats. I've had five of my own, but 11 that I've sailed, if you count my father's and grandfather's. That sounds bourgeois, I know, but a lot of them were either very small or very old, and sometimes both so it's not nearly as Great Gatsby as it sounds. But it does mean I've been moored in several different harbors during my lifetime. A harbor is, by definition, a place that protects boats from the wind and the waves. For many years, I've had a photo of a schooner in my office. She's negotiating her way past an iceberg on a sparkling blue sea. The caption reads, A ship in the harbor is safe, but that's not what ships were made for. John A. Shedd, 1928. Sailors understand that while the wind and the waves can be their deadly enemy at times, the former is the only thing that gives life to a boat, and the latter simply must be dealt with in order to get anywhere. Most of the world's commerce was carried by sailing ships for thousands of years before the mid-19th century. In fact, for the world's economy to function at all, a certain subset of humanity, known as sailors, had to learn to effectively harness the power of the wind. Yes, there is danger on the high seas, but there's no reason at all to build sailing ships if they always have their sails furled, sitting at anchor in a harbor. It is the ability of the sailboat to move and to carry crew and cargo that makes her worthwhile. If she never moves, if she never does anything, well then, she's a waste of good metal and timber. Yet again, our Christian faith finds itself in the midst of a sailing metaphor. Let's suppose we've accepted Christ and thus launched our life of faith. We read the Bible. We listen to sermons and podcasts. We come to understand the gospel message and the essence of our salvation found in the final work of Christ on the cross and his subsequent resurrection. Well, then what? If our faith is analogous to this beautiful gaff-rigged teak-and-mahogany sloop like my uncle's fledgling... Would we choose to never hoist the sails and leave her on her mooring in the cove for a hundred years? Of course not. That would be absurd. So why have there been arguments among believers about the epistle of James ever since the Reformation? We have to do something with our faith. Galatians 2.16 affirms that justification before God comes through faith, not through works of the law. But Paul is telling us that trying to follow a set of rules perfectly in the absence of faith in Christ, will never save you. That doesn't mean you do nothing with your faith. The very same book of Galatians also says to walk by the Spirit, Galatians 5.16. It doesn't say, sit on the couch in the Spirit. Why does Jesus say, assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me, Matthew 25.40. And why would our Savior say, if you love me, Keep my commandments, John fourteen fifteen. The answer is obvious to a sailor. If you never hoist the sails, tighten the sheets and cast off, you're not going anywhere. Christ doesn't want us to understand what he did for us intellectually and then sit on the couch eating potato chips and watching reruns of Gilligan's Island. He wants us to take our ship of faith out there and show other people what it's all about. He wants you to help people understand that simply by accepting the gift of grace he offers, they too can have a beautiful sailboat of faith. They can use that faith to travel the city in which they live, or travel the world and bring comfort, sustenance, and hope to a world desperately in need of a Savior. So walk by faith, not by sight, 2 Corinthians 5-7. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go, in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? James 2.14 Father God, we know that faith is a gift from above, like every good thing. Remind us that you gave it to us for a reason, and that reason is to use it in loving our neighbor. May we demonstrate our faith through our works. May our light shine on a hilltop. May our salt not lose its taste as we show the world the abundant life and hope that we have in Christ. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow. I look to the sea. Reflections in the waves by my man. good friends and the dreams we have